Genesis 24, Genesis 24, ya lo hallaron, have you found it? All right, we have read this every week for the last few weeks, um, and we're going to read it again tonight. So I want you to read it with me. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Okay, let's read that together. The Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Now, it's very unusual that I give you three chances to do something, but tonight you guys are uh, going to have to come alive a little bit, all right? So say this with me. The Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. All right. Dice, Abraham estaba avanzado en edad, Y Jehová lo había bendecido en todas maneras. And we have, we have kind of grabbed on to, like a bulldog, right? Those little words. Blessed in every way. Nos hemos tomado como un bulldog cuando muerde algo que no lo suelta. Nos hemos tomado esa frase que Jehová bendijo a Abraham en todas maneras. And I believe. That it is God's will to bless you in every way. Yo creo que la voluntad de Dios bendecirte a ti en todas maneras. Someone should say amen. amen. All right, now here's the problem. Some of you don't believe that. Algunos de ustedes no creen eso. Because you looked at your circumstances, and your circumstances told you God can't bless you in every way. But your circumstances are not God. Algunos de ustedes no creen esto porque su circunstancia le ha dicho que esto no es para usted, que Dios no te puede bendecir en todas maneras, y, uh, pero sus circunstancias no son Dios. All right? Circumstances are what's around you. God is above you. All right, so look up. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Galatas capítulo 3, verso 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of who? Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Dice, Cristo redimió, no redimió de la, de la maldición de la ley, habiéndose hecho maldición por nosotros, porque está escrito, maldito es aquel que cuelga en un madero. Para que en Cristo pudiéramos tener la bendición de Abraham los gentiles y poder recibir la promesa del Espíritu por medio de la fe. How many Gentiles are in here tonight? ¿Cuántos de que están aquí son gentiles? Lift your hand if you're a Gentile. Okay, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. So lift your hand if you're a Gentile. Si no es judío, es gentil, así que todos levantan la mano. All right. Listen, the song, the, the passage says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
becoming a curse for us. In order that the blessing of Abraham, what kind of blessing did Abraham have? Blessed in every way. So that the blessed in every way kind of blessing that Abraham had could come upon the Gentiles, that's us, through Christ. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray that as we study your word tonight, that the revelation of divine provision will be given to us. Your word says that where there is no revelation, the people perish. Give us divine insight and revelation that you have abundantly provided. We ask this in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. 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 All right. Dice, dice la palabra que Jesús se hizo maldición por nosotros para que los gentiles pudieran tener la bendición de Abraham. ¿Y cuál bendición tenía Abraham? Él estaba bendecido en todas maneras. So the blessed in every way kind of blessing that was on Abraham is on you if you are in Christ. La bendición que estaba en Abraham está en ti si tú estás en Cristo. All right, so I want to just begin. We're going we're gonna to pick up where we left off last week, but I'm going to give you some preliminaries here. Vamos a, a continuar donde dejamos la semana pasada, pero les voy a dar un, un poco de estudio uh, en Anticipación de eso. Go to, go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Vamos a ir a Deuteronomio capítulo 28. And what we're talking about tonight is the camel train of God's provision. And what we're, at, we're ask, answering the question, what are the conditions that God has for us to be able to receive His abundance? ¿Cuáles son las condiciones que Dios tiene para que usted y yo podamos tener su abundancia. Well, go to, Gale go to Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomio capítulo 28. That's the fifth book of the Bible. It's the quinto libro de la Biblia, Deuteronomio 28. Have you found it? Say amen. Si lo encontró, diga amen. All right. Are we ready? I hear pages turning. I love that sound. I want you to find it because uh, I don't want you to have to fake it tonight. I want you to actually read it, see, see these words for yourself. Quiero que usted vea estas palabras. All right, are we there? All right, now it, shall, now it shall be, verse 1, if you diligently obey. If you what? Diligently obey. Is that a condition? Yes. If you diligently obey the Lord your God... Being careful to do all that he is, all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. Now listen, this is God's promised blessing to the nation of Israel, to Abraham's descendants. You and I are under this promise because we're in Christ. Esta es la promesa de Jehová a la nación de Israel. Usted y yo estamos bajo esta promesa si estamos en Cristo. Okay, so if you're not in Christ, you're not under this promise. Si no estás en Cristo, no estás bajo esta promesa. Are we ready? All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you 
if you obey the Lord your God. Todas estas bendiciones vendrán sobre ti si obedeces a Jehová tu Dios. Verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Bendito serás en la ciudad y bendito serás fuera de la ciudad. Does that sound good to you? Esa es una buena promesa. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. So, blessed shall you be the offspring of your body and the produce of the ground and the offspring of your beast, the increase of the herd and the young of your flock. Bendito será uh, el producto de tu cuerpo y el producto de la tierra y uh, todo el ganado. Blessed shall you be your basket and your kneading bowl. Bendito será tu canasta. The kneading bowl is that place where they made the tortillas. Praise God. But blessed shall be your basket. Provision. Blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you go out. You wonder, you say, Pastor, does Pastor make up the blessing when he's praying? On Sunday morning? No. I'm praying God's word over you. Yo cuando doy la bendición en los domingos, no, no estoy solamente diciendo palabras vanas. Es la palabra de Dios sobre ti. Now, literally, that phrase refers to war. You're going to be blessed when you go out. And you're going to be blessed when you come in. Esa frase significa, uh, es una, una frase de guerra. Vas a ser bendecido al salir y bendecido al entrar. That means you're going to go to war and you're going to come back alive. Vas a ir a la guerra y vas a regresar en vivo. And not only that, but you're going to return with the spoils of war. Y vas a regresar con el botín de la guerra. The church should get excited about that. All right, so when the devil picks a fight with you, fight him. Put him in his place. Remember a few weeks ago in the... In the uh, 21-day shift, the Lord told us that he was going to not only keep the enemy off our territory, but he was going to give us new territory. All right. Blessed shall you be when you go out. Bendito cuando salgas, bendito cuando entres. Ese término refiere a que vas a salir a la guerra bendecido y vas a regresar con la bendición del botín, de la victoria. The Lord shall cause your enemies to rise up against you to be defeated before you. Jehová causará que los enemigos que se levanten contra ti sean destruidos. Did you guys hear that? I said, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. The church should say amen. Is the enemy out to get you? Has he come against you? You know what the word of God says? He'll come against you one way and he will flee from you seven ways. Dice la palabra del Señor que el enemigo vendrá contra ti de un camino y huirá de ti por siete caminos. That sounds like blessing to me. Esa es la bendición. And they will come out against you one way and they will flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command, verso 8, the Lord will command the blessing upon your barn and in all that you put your hand to and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself 
as he swore to you, if you keep the commandment of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Dice, Jehová te bendecirá y dice, él, uh, él bendecirá todo lo que pongas tu mano, en todo lo que pongas tu mano y bendecirá la tierra que Jehová te dará. How many of you need God to bless the things that you put your hands to do? All right. So there, there's no question about the fact that we need God's blessing. Necesitamos la bendición de Dios. Porque Él dice, yo voy a bendecir todo lo que tú pongas tu mano para hacer. Listen, some of you are going through a hardship right now. You're going through a, a tough time. And you're thinking in the midst of the tough time that that's no time to try something new or something different. And yet God's putting ideas in your mind. He's putting opportunities in your path. He's putting doors that are opening in front of you. And you're saying, Lord, if, if, if I wasn't going through this stuff right now, I would walk through that door. I would take that opportunity. I would act on that idea. But you see, he's saying, I'm putting it in front of you now. Because I'm going to make a testimony out of this. Algunos de ustedes tienen, están pasando un tiempo difícil y en el medio de un tiempo difícil se abre una oportunidad, se abre una puerta, viene una idea y usted dice, yo no puedo poner manos sobre eso porque estoy batallando ahorita. Pero el Señor te está diciendo, yo bendeciré todo lo que tú pongas tu mano. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you haven't gotten that revelation yet. Okay, but as long as you're looking at your problem, you're going to miss your opportunity. So when God gives you something to put your hand on, put your hand on it. He says, I'm going to bless whatever you put your hand on. Psalm 1 says that the righteous man, whatsoever he does, prospers. Dice el Salmo 1, que el hombre justo, todo lo que él hace, prosperará. All right. Now, go and let's read one verse, because there are, there are twice as many verses about curses as there are about blessing. But we're not going to read, read those tonight. Okay. Hay doble el número de versos sobre la bendición, hay doble sobre la maldición. Pero no vamos a leer todos esos versos. We're just going to read one. That's a summation. Vamos a leer un verso, verso 48. Verse 48 is a summation of the curse. Let's read verse 47 just for context. Vamos a leer el verso 47 y 48 del mismo capítulo. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart. Listen, God not only wants your obedience, but he wants you to like it. That's a revelation right there. Dice, porque no obedeciste a Jehová con gozo y alegría de corazón. Entonces, eso nos dice que Jehová no solamente quiere nuestra obediencia, pero quiero que lo, quiere que lo hagamos con el deseo de obedecerle a Él. Have you ever obeyed God and not been happy about it? God knows your heart, right? He's more interested in your heart. Dios está más interesado en tu corazón. Dice, yo quiero alegría en tu corazón. 
So when you tell your children, take out the trash, and they go out grumpy and complaining and, and complaining under their breath, right? They haven't honored you. And God's saying, I want my children to honor me this way. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. Here's the summation. In hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in the lack of all things. And he will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. All right. That should take your breath away. Porque no serviste a Jehová tu Dios con gozo y alegría de corazón por la abundancia de todas las cosas. Él enviará a tus enemigos contra ti en hambre, en sed, en desnudez y en la falta de todas cosas. Y Él pondrá el yugo de, de hierro sobre ti. All right, four things that sum up the curse. Cuatro cosas ahí que uh, dan un resumen de la maldición. Hunger, thirst, nakedness, the lack of all things. That sounds like a curse, doesn't it? La, las cuatro cosas ahí están. El hambre, la sed, la desnudez y la falta de todas las cosas. Tell your neighbor, I'm blessed. Dígale a su vecino, yo estoy bendecido. Porque la maldición es hambre, sed, desnudez y la falta de todas las cosas. The, the curse is hunger, thirst, nakedness, and the lack of all things. But the Bible said that Jesus became the curse for us. Dice la palabra que Jesús se hizo la maldición por nosotros. Think about the cross. Was Jesus hungry on the cross? Yes. Was he thirsty on the cross? Was he naked on the cross? Was he lacking all things? Yes. He took every aspect of the curse at the cross. En la cruz, Jesús sufrió el hambre, la sed, el desnudez y la falta de todas las cosas. So you and I, because we're in Christ, are not under the curse. Porque estamos en Cristo, ya no estamos bajo la maldición, sino estamos bajo la bendición. Because we're in Christ, we're not under the curse, but we're under the blessing. Just take a moment and give God thanks for that. That's a big deal. Jesús sufrió nuestra maldición. Jesus suffered our curse. Right. Now this covenant was conditioned upon obedience. Estas promesas, promesas estaban condicionadas sobre la obediencia. Here was the problem. The people of God could not obey God. El problema era que el pueblo de Dios no podía obedecer a Dios. So not only did Jesus fulfill or take the curse, but he also fulfilled the condition. His obedience 
makes our blessing. Porque Jesús fue a la cruz, entonces porque usted y yo no podemos cumplir la ley de Moisés, Jesús la cumplió y su obediencia abrió la puerta para nuestra bendición. So those two verses we read in Galatians are very important. He became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon the tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. So tell your neighbor, I have the blessing of Abraham on my life. Dígale a su vecino, yo tengo la bendición de Abraham en mi vida. ¿Por qué? Porque Jesús cumplió la ley y por su obediencia cayó la bendición sobre nosotros. Because of his obedience, the blessing of God has fallen upon us. All right. Now go to Psalm 34, Salmo 34, verso 9 al 10, Psalm 34, verse 9 through 10. Salmo 34, verso 9 al 10. Here's what I want you to do next time you sense lack about something that you're praying for. I want you to remember that you have abundance. La próxima vez que usted sienta la necesidad o la escasez, recuérdese que usted tiene abundancia. Porque usted está en Cristo. Because you're in Christ. And whatever he has, you have. The Bible says it another way. It says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. You think Jesus has any lack? No. And we're joint heirs with Jesus. ¿Será que Jesús tenga falta de algo? No. Entonces, usted y yo somos coheredores con Él. Entonces, esta, esta abundancia viene por revelación. We have to see it in the Spirit. I've been telling you this for the last week, and I'm going to keep saying it until the light comes on, because I know it's a little hard to get as I say it, but abundance is a revelation that comes from God. La abundancia es algo que viene por revelación. Scripture says, that where there is no revelation, the people perish. Donde no hay revelación, el pueblo perece. So you and I have to see God's abundance by faith, not by circumstances. Usted y yo tenemos que ver la abundancia de Dios por la fe. <coughs> Perdón, no por medio de nuestras circunstancias. One of my favorite stories on this is the uh, president of the Dallas Seminary, el presidente del seminario de Dallas. Uh, Lewis Perry Schaefer, they they were running out. Of, they had run out of money. They weren't running out. They had run out of money. And he said, "If we don't get some money this week, we're going to shut down the seminary." Hermano Schaefer, presidente del seminario de Dallas, hace casi 100 años, dijo, "Si no si no hay dinero este esta semana se cierra el seminario." How many of you have ever heard Chuck Swindoll? Tony Evans, uh, J. Vernon McGee, 
those guys are all from Dallas Seminary. Okay. And Dallas Seminary indirectly affected my education. He said, he got all the, the staff in the office. Trajo el equipo de la oficina. They got on their knees and they started to pray. Comenzaron a orar. He said, Lord, your word says that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. El oró y dijo, Señor, tu palabra dice que tú eres el dueño de las vacas de mil labores o corrales. So, what did he see there? He saw abundance. There were no cows around him, but he saw abundance. El vio abundancia. He said, I need you to sell some and give me the money. Dijo, Señor, necesito que vendas una de esas vacas y me envíes el dinero. When he had finished praying, the secretary uh, interrupted his prayer. La secretaria entró y dijo, hermano Schaefer, uh, alguien está aquí que quiere hablar con usted. She said, someone's here who wants to talk to you. He said, not right now, I'm praying. She said, you are going to want to talk to this guy. Uh, él dijo, ahorita no estoy orando. Y ella dijo, no tienes que hablar con él ahorita. She said, he said that he just sold two two train cars of cattle and has brought you the money. Dijo, este hombre dice que acaba de vender dos carros de tren lleno de vacas y te ha traído el dinero. Remember I told you last week that the provision of God is in the promises of God. Les dije la semana pasada que la provisión de Dios está en la promesa de Dios. He saw abundance. Where there was lack. El vio abundancia donde había escasez y él le creó a Dios. All right, 34, Psalm 34, verse 9 and 10, Salmo 34, verse 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him, there is no what? Want. I preached a sermon on Sunday night on I shall not. Want. Okay. How many of you have the Lord as your shepherd? For those, dice, los que temen a Jehová sus santos, para ellos no habrá la necesidad de ninguna cosa. Young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall be in want, shall not be in want of any good thing. Dice, los que temen a Jehová. No les faltará ninguna cosa buena. Well, can I hear an amen? I'm not reading Romeo and Juliet tonight. I'm reading the word of God. But there's a condition there, isn't there? What's the condition? Seek and to fear the Lord. Hay dos condiciones ahí, temer a Jehová y buscar a Jehová. ¿Cuántos temen? How many of you fear the Lord? How many of you seek the Lord? All right. He says, you will, be in want of, you will not be in want of any good thing. Now, what's the provision? Good things. Now, here's the thing. When you are in need, when I'm in need, we need to ask, is this thing that I'm praying about a good thing? 
It could be that God is not letting it in your life because it's not a good thing. A veces oramos, cuando oramos debemos preguntar, ¿esto es algo bueno o no? Porque dice, no faltará ninguna cosa buena. Pero la pregunta debe ser, ¿esto que yo quiero es bueno o no? Is this a good thing or not? Is it good for me? Is it good for my family? ¿Es bueno para mí o es bueno para mi familia? A veces Dios no permite que entren cosas a nuestra vida porque no son buenas. So you might get disappointed because a business opportunity fell through or because uh, so-and-so said no or because a door shut and God might say it wasn't good for you. A veces si se cierra una puerta o se se uh, termina una oportunidad a veces se cierra o se termina porque Dios dice esa cosa no era buena para ti yo quiero darte cosas buenas alright go to Psalm 84 Salmo 84 verso 11 Psalm 84 verse 11 is this helping anybody Psalm 84 verse 11 I'm giving you my go-to verses. Aquí les estoy dando los versos que yo oro cuando estoy orando por alguna respuesta. Yo estoy diciendo, Señor, tu palabra dice que no me vas a negar ninguna cosa buena. Pero a la vez yo tengo que entender si esto no es bueno. Tengo que tener una actitud madura para decir, no es para mí. We have to have a mature attitude when we pray this kind of prayer. Because when God says no, you have to be able to say, all right, it wasn't good for me. I told you about the guy that married Lulu, right? All right, Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory, Salmo 84, verso 11. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Y dice ahí, ninguna cosa buena, él niega a los que caminan en rectitud. What's the condition there? ¿Cuál es la condición ahí? To walk uprightly. If you walk uprightly, God says he will not withhold any good thing. Dice, si, si no, si caminas en rectitud, vas a tener las cosas buenas. So, I, the first question is, is this good? Another question would be, what's the source? Otra, uh, otra, res, otra pregunta que debemos preguntar es, ¿cuál es, el, ¿cuál es la fuente de esta oportunidad? First, is this opportunity good? Or is this thing really a blessing? The second question is, what's the source of this? La siguiente, segunda cosa que tenemos que preguntar es, ¿de dónde viene esta cosa? Si es oportunidad o es bendición que viene de Dios, es algo bueno. Pero si no viene de Dios, no va a ser bueno. If the source isn't God, then it's not going to be good. Okay? So, that's a, a question we need to ask. In Genesis, just write this down, you know, Genesis 14 21 through 24, Genesis 14, 21 al 24, 
No va ahí, pero escríbalo en sus notas. The king of Sodom tried to pay Abraham. He said no. Because I will not have you say that you made me rich. He wanted to be very clear that the one who was going to bless him was God. Abraham, en ese texto que le acabo de dar, Génesis 14, el rey de Sodoma lo quiere, le quiere pagar por una batalla que ellos uh, pelearon. Y él dice, no, porque no quiero que digas que uh, el rey de Sodoma hizo a Abraham rico. Él era celoso por el hecho de que Jehová era el que lo iba a bendecir. So the questions we need to ask is, is this good? And what's the source? Is so and so, is, so -and -so, is the enemy going to use this to say that he blessed me? Or is God going to get the glory out of this? Are these good questions? All right. So uh, just consider the source. If your financial breakthrough comes by cheating in your taxes, did that come from the Lord? No. Si su bendición financiera vino porque usted mintió un poco en sus taxes, ¿será que Dios va a bendecir eso? No. I talked about the lottery last week, but I don't believe that the lottery is the source for God's people. Oh, también mencionamos la lotería si la fuente de tu bendición es la lotería la lotería va a decir yo lo hice rico it's getting real quiet in here another false source is unjust practices otro, uh, otro, otra fuente puede ser Um, obras de injusticia. Si usted obra injustamente en sus negocios y eso lo enriquece, la fuente de esa injusticia no viene de Dios. All right? Proverbs 11.1 says that an unjust scale is an abomination to the Lord. Dice el proverbio 11.1 que uh, una, how do you say scale in Spanish? ¿Cómo? Escala. Una escala o romana um, injusta es una abominación a Jehová. Now we don't use scales much, but in the, in the days of Solomon, when they would weigh out silver, they would weigh it out on a scale. And if the merchant was unjust, He would kind of tilt it so that you ended up paying more, but it looked like you paid the right price. And God says, that is an abomination to me. Why? Because this is how, this is how God sees it. Dice el proverbio, una escala o una romana injusta. El mercador, si era injusto, Ponía un poco más de peso en, en el lado de él para que usted pagara un poco más. Ahora, así lo ve Dios. This is how God sees it. If you think, I'm going to be rich because I'm getting a little extra out of this deal, then God's saying, 
you're making your your confidence your shrewdness and not me. You're putting your confidence in how clever you can be and not in me. If you're going to say that this business belongs to me, you run it right. If you're going to say that your finances belong to me, you do justice. Now, you might say, Pastor Isaac, why are you talking about business so much on Wednesday nights? Here's why. Because God has told me, uh, you have, I've told you this, this too, but some of you haven't believed it yet. But he's told me that he's going to give businesses to this church. And some of you are going to have four or five small ones, but they're going to make an abundance in your life. So God's warning you ahead of time. You want me to bless it? Do justice. The Bible says that a good man swears by his own hurt. Dice la palabra que un hombre justo da un voto aunque a él le duele, aunque él pierda. To swear by your own hurt means that if you made a deal and you ended up coming up on the short end of the stick, you do what's right. Because God is your source, not that deal. Yo estoy hablando a personas uh, de negocio porque ustedes no se ven como personas de negocio ahorita. Se ven en el espejo y no ven eso. Pero Dios nos ha dicho que a esta iglesia nos va a dar personas de negocio y de abundancia. Listen, there's a lot of prosperity. The Bible says this, that the prosperity of the poor is in their neglected field. Dice la palabra del Señor, Proverbios, que la prosperidad del pobre está en su labor que él ha uh, olvidado. Some of you have some fields, some neglected things in your life that God is saying, there's your prosperity right there. You're going to have to work that field. Hay prosperidad en nuestras labores, pero si no trabajamos la labor, no vamos a la prosperidad. Am I talking to anybody? Amen. Some of you, if you just sold stuff you don't need or use anymore, you could pay off some debts and sleep a little easy. The prosperity of the poor is in the fallow ground. Algunos de ustedes si solamente vendieran cosas que no usan ni necesitan y ya no compraran cosas que ya no necesitan, pudieran pagar unas deudas y dormir más tranquilo en la noche. God's talking to his folks tonight. Because the problem isn't that he hasn't been good on his side, that he hasn't provided abundance. Because every one of us, when we do our income tax, we say, what? I make that much? Where is it? Nos pasa a todos que cuando pagamos impuestos decimos, yo hago tanto así, ¿y qué lo hice? Entonces el problema no es que Dios no ha dado, que no ha suplido. El problema es que a veces no obramos justicia con lo que nos da. No hacemos la cosa correcta con lo que Él nos da. 
I'll give you an example. Uh, we say that um, we, in America, we spend on what we want and we beg for what we need. En Estados Unidos hay un dicho y es una verdad que uh, gastamos dinero en lo que queremos y pedimos prestado para lo que necesitamos. And sometimes people will have you know, certain utilities cut off or they'll be losing their house and yet they got their cable gone. But not at Kingsway Church, right? <laughs> They're losing the house, but they have the nicest leather couch set that uh, 80 days, same as, 180 days, same as cash could possibly give you. Where is the wisdom in that? Algunos están perdiendo la casa, pero tienen una... Unos muebles de, de baquetas que son lujosos. Los deben, pero si pierden la casa, no saben dónde los van a poner. Entonces, las prioridades a veces están mal porque no obramos justicia. All right. Consider the source. One more. Just because it's legal doesn't make it right. Aunque algo sea legal, no significa que eso esté bien. America has legalized a lot of things that aren't right. Abortion, one of them. Homosexual marriage, another. So you can't go by the law to decide what's right and wrong, can you? You have to go to the Word of God. A veces uh, algo puede ser legal, pero no es bien. Estados Unidos se ha legalizado el aborto y no está bien. Se ha legado, legalizado el matrimonio entre homosexuales y no está bien. Y a veces decimos, bueno, es legal, pero delante de Dios es una injusticia que podemos estar obrando. If you are uh, doing something, it might be legal, but it's not honoring God. It's an injustice. The person that you... That you cut corners on may never know, but God knows. And God is concerned about those things. He wants to bless his people. Dios quiere bendecir su pueblo. And he has sent a camel train of provision for the church. What's in the camel train? Spiritual gifts. Healing. Miracles. Household salvation. But there's also in the camel train ideas. Ideas that will be ministry ideas. They're going to bless the lives of people. I want you to look out for ideas that God's already given you. And he won't let you go. He keeps bringing it back to mind, back to mind, back to mind. Takes Take an action. Take steps on that. El cameo de la provisión de Dios trae dones espirituales, sanidad, milagros, salvación del hogar. Trae también ideas para ministerio. Not only that, but ideas for business. Ideas para negocio. Para crear finanzas. 
Another thing that's in the camel train is knowledge. Otra cosa que, es, eh, que hay en la provisión de Dios es el conocimiento. You know, you could have one idea that comes from God. I, I, I read about a little boy who uh, made an app or a game, and he made a million dollars. So if that, I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but imagine an idea with God's anointing on it. Un niño tuvo una idea, hizo un juego para los teléfonos celular y hizo un millón de dólares. Y si eso puede pasar en el mundo secular, ¿cuánto más el pueblo de Dios? So you could have one idea that makes you financially Independent. If it comes from God. If I were you, I'd be waiting for the camel train. And unloading those camels. Knowledge. Go to, go to Proverbs. Vaya Proverbios. Capítulo 23. Proverbs 23. Verse 23. Proverbio 23, 23. It says, buy truth and don't sell it. Dice, compra la verdad y no la vendas. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Busca la sabiduría, la instrucción y el entendimiento. What does that mean? That means you need to get knowledge and don't let it go. Necesitamos la sabiduría y Dios no la da. Él dice, si alguno estuviera uh, falto de sabiduría, pídale al Padre y Él se la dará. James chapter 1 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it freely and without reproach. Get knowledge. Now, I want to commend you because you're in Bible study tonight. You're not out there watching TV. Okay? Because one hour of TV will make you dumb. Si usted se sienta a ver la televisión... Cuando acabe va a ser, va a saber menos que lo que sabía cuando comenzó. Pero usted se vino a la casa de Dios a estudiar la palabra de Dios. Y ahora tiene algo más que lo que tenía cuando entró. And now you have something more than you had when you came in here. I hope at least you'll go and look at the, fall, the fallow ground, the neglected fields in your life. And put them to work. Put them to work. If you know how to work computers, if you can design graphics, if you know how to draw caricatures, if you know how to bake cakes, God has gifted you for more than just Thanksgiving, right? He's gifted you so that you could have the resources you need. 
get understanding. There is no reason, listen church, there is no reason for the 21st century church to be ignorant. You can learn just about anything on YouTube. Right? You can learn how to run a business on YouTube. You can learn, you say, I wish I'd go to Bible school. You can go to Bethel if you want, and if you don't want to go to Bethel, you can find somebody on YouTube that will teach you the Bible. There's no reason for us not to know. But we don't, we have it right at our disposal. We don't use it. How many of you have a library in your home? See, that's our problem, a library. We don't read any books. No quiero decir esto, pero la verdad es que la mayoría de ustedes no leen. No leen. If it weren't for a small group, some of you guys would have a 10, 15 year streak of not reading a, a book. I'm not trying to insult anybody tonight. I'm just letting you know that, look, God gave that guy that wrote that book some, some understanding that you need. And you might be going through a marriage problem right now that that guy in that book addresses, and you don't know how to solve the problem because you haven't read the book. It's wiser to learn from somebody else's mistakes. And I'll tell you, uh, I read like nothing else. The, the, remember where it says, buy knowledge and don't sell it? I buy books and have never sold one. Yo me la paso leyendo. If you ever break in the parsonage, you're going to find books everywhere. There's no gold or silver in there. It's all books. Why? Because I have to be well-fed so that I can feed well. But there are things that you can know by reading a book, by reading an article, by studying. And the camel train of God's provision includes knowledge. And there is no end to the power of God's people when they have the right knowledge and the anointing of God comes upon that. It's powerful. Muchos de ustedes no tienen lo que podían tener por no estudiar. Y en estos tiempos hay recursos, muchos recursos. Y por no estudiar, por no leer, perdemos unas oportunidades. Uh, you say, Pastor, why are you sitting on this point? Because I'm trying to push you off the fence. Estoy tratando de bajar de la cerca. Están ahorita en la cerca como que me meto o no me meto. Métase. Dios le ha dado las ideas, los recursos para la abundancia en su vida. God has given us the resources and the ideas for abundance. In our life. Proverbs 24, verse 3 through 4. I'll give you one book you can read every month. I read this book every month. The book of Proverbs. 
one, there's 31 chapters. You read one chapter a day, and before you know it, you will be an expert on a whole lot of subjects. Si usted quiere un libro para leer, lea el libro de Proverbios todos los meses. Hay 31 capítulos, un capítulo por mes, y antes que temprano usted va a ser experto en muchas cosas. The Bible tells us Solomon was the wisest man in all the world. He was also the richest. And his book's sitting right there in the middle of your Bible. So read it. Take notes. And when something, when something strikes you, say, okay, I need to adjust that in my life. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. Are we ready? We're going to close with this. By wisdom, a house is built. How's a house built? I'm sorry, this is not going to be our last verse. I have one more for you. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Por la sabiduría se edifica la casa, y por el entendimiento se establece. Por el conocimiento, los cuartos se llenan con todas cosas preciosas, riquezas preciosas. Listen, God says, if you will get my wisdom and my understanding, I will fill your house. And I will, I will build your house. Acquire wisdom and don't settle. Busca la la, la Bendición, la sabiduría, y no la vendas. All right. Let's go to one more. This is in the Psalm, Psalm 35, verse 27. Salmo 35, verso 7. Psalm 35, verse 27. Verso 27. Salmo 35, verso 27. You have it? Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication and let them say continually the Lord be magnified who does what? Who delights in the prosperity of his servants. I want to close with that. I want to sow that thought in your mind as we go tonight. The Lord delights in the success of his servants. Jehová se deleita en la prosperidad de sus siervos. I want you to believe that tonight. God wants you to be blessed in every way. Dios quiere que usted sea bendecido en todas maneras. Él se deleita en la prosperidad de sus hijos. Just put it to you like this. When, when the Lord sees a Christian who bears his name, 
in lack, in hunger, nakedness, thirst. You think he delights in that? No. Why? Because he sent his son to the cross to break those things off of him. And yet many times his children don't walk in that abundance because they haven't believed God and haven't done it God's way. There are a lot of uh, members of my family. One time I, I asked the Lord this. I said, Lord, I have members of my family who make, who make a lot of money and have nothing to show for it. And they're tithers. I don't understand why they're not making things, but things aren't better. They're not prospering. He said, Isaac, you cannot honor me in one way and dishonor me in others. Una vez yo le pregunté al Señor, Señor, hay miembros de mi familia que hacen mucho dinero pero no prosperan. ¿Por qué? Ellos son diezmadores. Pero ¿por qué no prosperan? Y él me dijo, Isaac, ellos y yo no me pueden honrar en, un, en una manera y deshonrarme en otra. Pero cuando lo honramos en todo, when we honor him in all things, he says, that's the life I can bless. And that's the life that will know his abundance. And Kingsway Church, it's time for things to change. Some of you have come to a new level in your finances because you've been giving to God, you've been tithing, and God's saying, that's not all I've got for you. I'm going to take you higher. And some of you are coming in and you're just trying to make ends meet. Let me tell you, you get, you get behind what God's teaching you in his word, and you do it. He will prosper you. He will bless you. Can you say amen? amen? Let's stand together for a moment. Go ahead and call the classes in. Father, I believe that in the camel train of your provision, you have made provision of wisdom and knowledge and understanding insight and ideas that can drastically transform the lives of your children. And I believe that you want every one of us to know abundance so that we can build your kingdom. In my heart, I have seen the things that you want to do in this church. In my spirit, I have seen them and I know that the resources that we will need must come from supernatural places. They will come through the men and women in this room who will put you first, who will honor you, who will obey your word. I pray that you would remove the blinders off of our eyes. If there's any neglected ground, any neglected resources in our lives, I pray you would remove those blinders right now in the name of Jesus, that as we go home tonight and as we think about what we've heard, that you would reveal sources of provision which we didn't realize. 
God, I pray that you would give us knowledge. Give us teachers. Send us to the right people who can teach us the things that we need to know about specific areas of our lives. Put the right resources in our hands. Give us an open heart to the Word of God. Lord, I pray that as we study your Word on our individual level, in our our own lives, that you would make us zealous for the knowledge of the Word of God. That we would put it into practice. Lord, this is the most practical thing we can talk about. It is the most practical thing because it meets us at every moment, every day of our physical lives. And yet you have made provision for it in the cross. And you have broken every power of the curse that we might walk in the blessing. Not because of what we can do, but because of what Jesus Christ has already done. And because we are under the blessing of Abraham, I pray now that your blessing would overtake your people. That the spirit of slumber and, and, and uh, the spirit of neglect that may have overtaken the minds of some would be broken. And that there would be a spirit of faith and a spirit of breakthrough that would say, Nothing will keep me from doing God's will for my life. I pray that ministry ideas would be born. Ministries that will touch this city and the coastal bend region and the nations of the world will be born in this church and will be financed by the people in this house. And the kingdom of God, which is like leaven, will grow and grow and grow until it has overtaken every single part of our lives. God, we want all of you in all of us. Tell them that tonight. Lord, I want all of you in all of me. Every area of my life, invade it, take over, teach me your ways. I just make that commitment to the